Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast. My name is Marcus Maurer and I'm joined today by my friend, colleague and symptomatic dermographism expert, Tomas. Tomas Havro, thank you so much, Tomas, for being with us today. And hello, Marcus. Uh, great to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, let's first of all clear up for our listeners what symptomatic dermographism is. Uh, I think everyone knows that this is a form of chronic inducible urticaria, but maybe you as the expert can share with us a little bit of what is happening in the skin. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is symptomatic dermographism? So, yes, as you as you said um, right now, symptomatic dermographism is a kind of urticaria, kind of inducible urticaria, in this case triggered by a physical trigger, by a shear for, shearing forces, um, which uh, causes uh, very short-lasting wheels, but extreme uh, itch, extreme pruritus, uh, and this is what uh, leads to a huge uh, burden, uh, disease burden in these patients. Um, this disease uh, lasts over over years uh, in some patients, uh, over decades, uh, having uh, huge influence, bad influence on their quality of life, on their sleep, on many areas of their fun daily functioning, and therefore it must be treated adequately. Yes, yeah, one can imagine that uh, it can be very annoying and disabling when every time you touch your skin or you scratch your skin, you get these itchy wheels. Now, when, when one Googles this term, um, you can see a lot of pictures of patients who have written their names on their skin so that wheels appear or they draw pictures or ornaments on their skin. Um, but of course, uh, when you develop these wheels, not because you want them to come, but because they come because of touching of the skin, this must be super disabling. Now, um, how common is this, Thomas? I understand that it is one of the more common forms of chronic inducible urticaria, but maybe you can give us an idea of the spectrum from um, mild disease to very severe disease and how many people are actually affected by this and, and who? Is it male, female, young, old, everyone? What do we know about this? The simple dermographism, uh, so the, the, we, we must uh, mention that there are two forms. Um, there was a simple dermographism, uh, which is not associated with each and does, it does not require treatment. And this condition may be quite common. And the symptomatic dermographism with this, with this disturbing each, um, this condition may affect up to 5% of general population according to different uh, studies. So there is a, this is very common uh, with them. However, that is the, of course, uh, this uh, with this prevalence, that is not the most uh, um, uh, severe um, expression of this disease uh, meant. We have also um, many patients with chronic spontaneous urticaria, um, which, are, uh, which have expressed uh, to some extent uh, symptomatic uh, dermographism. 
so you are perfectly right as the most common type of inducible urticaria. And males and females, um, the, the females are up to twice uh, more frequently involved as compared to the males. Mm -hmm. um, this is more uh, balanced uh, as compared to the crying spontaneous urticaria. Crying spontaneous urticaria is much more common in, in females. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly young adults are uh, involved, but uh, this, it may occur in, in, at any age. Any age, yeah, very, very disabling. Um, Tomasz, help us to understand a little bit what we know about uh, the disease. Of course, it is like every other urticaria, a mast cell driven disease. But what do we actually understand about why mast cells get activated and what they release, what they do to make these itchy wheels come when the skin is scratched? This is a good point. So we don't understand, well, uh, maybe we should start with this, that we don't understand this disease still sufficiently. We need uh, further research. Uh, what we know, uh, we know that as uh, similar to other forms of urticaria, um, mast cell get activated, released uh, histamine, but also other uh, uh, inflammatory factors leading to uh, willing, leading to causing each. Uh, what is specific about this disease is that uh, the shearing forces lead to um, to the willing and to activation of mast cells. It is known uh, that um, the patients can get this disease by um, serum transfer. So if patients are injected with serum of uh, uh, so if subjects are injected of, uh, with serum of uh, the patients with this disease, they get also wills after after scratching. Um, and it means that there must be a factor in in serum, possibly IgE, similar to other forms of urticaria. It is also possible that there are some neuromediators involved, uh, causing or exacerbating this uh, this condition. Uh, we definitely need more research to to understand uh, better the pathogenesis. That's very interesting, though, Thomas, because the nervous system is um, held to be very important in all forms of urticaria, but maybe it is more important here. Um, is it the sensory nerves that release pro-inflammatory mediators or what's our current understanding of the, of the role of nerves? For, for example, if someone has local anesthesia, can they still? where the skin is anesthetized, uh, induce wheels by scratching in that area? Do we know that? This is what we what we plan to test uh, in the in the next future. And this, uh, there are no, no data on this, but you are you are perfectly right. There, there, there is the very suspicious that that um, the touch uh, not uh, severe scratching, but in some patients with very active disease, that's enough. There are very light stroking of the skin, touched by uh, by the hairs, um, what leads to to uh, reflex erythema, uh, and reflex erythema is the known to be caused by release of uh, uh, neuromediators. Uh, so this is very probably that there is a kind of uh, um, talk between uh, nerve system and mast cells. We are also very closely localized in the skin. Mm. 
so that's that's very possible and that requires uh, requires better more research and better understanding yeah. and that that's a good idea of course uh, turning off the nerves and looking uh, if uh, uh, to the extent of, of the reaction mm. very interesting and very important of course because in order to cure this disease or at least to treat it so that these wheels no longer occur upon scratching we need to better understand the pathomechanism, and, and, and this brings us to what we can actually do today to help patients with symptomatic dermographism. Um, there was a recent effort uh, by Kanopalai Kultanan from the UK in Bangkok to review all of the treatments that are available for patients with this disease. Uh, you were part of this effort, and uh, there were some really interesting findings. Um, maybe you can give us uh, an idea of how well we can treat symptomatic dermographism today um, where we are not so good and what new treatments um, may be that are currently emerging. Yes, um, the, that, that was a great uh, review and uh, I was happy to be involved with you and in, this, in, the, in writing, preparing this, 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 uh, this great work. Uh, in general, um, we recommend patients uh, with any form of uh, inducible urticaria in the first step to avoid triggers as, as far as possible. It is uh, that for patients, uh, specifically for patients with symptomatic um, dermographism, it may mean uh, to um, use to, to wear uh, loose fitting clothes, um, but most, most frequently it's not sufficient. In this Ooh. patient, when it's not sufficient, we recommend uh, in the first, first line therapy antihistamines, uh, uh, second generation uh, non-sedating antihistamines um, in a simple doses. Um, if they do not respond, if the patients do not respond to this therapy, then the second line is uh, increasing uh, up to fourfold of standard doses. And this uh, has been uh, uh, appear to be sufficient in many patients, also according to this review data. Um, the, when the patients do not respond to this therapy, and there is still, we have some bias because we are uh, third, we work in a third reference center uh, with patients who did not respond mm. to this therapy. And so we see mostly these patients, but it's uh, obvious that there is a huge Percentage and maybe one third of patients who do not respond to this uh, to these therapies, which who require uh, more uh, efficient therapy with uh, with anti IgE antibodies with uh, um, uh, omalizumab with uh, possible uh, cyclosporin with uh, with immune suppression, mm. um, which is still not efficient in all of these patients. We, we in general we can say this that uh, the uh, symptomatic dermographism is more resistant to therapy as, uh, chronic, as the chronic spontaneous urticaria. And we need more efficient therapies. What comes out also from this review, what I realized uh, um, working on, on this review, is that we also need um, better um, standardized outcomes because we have not a lot of studies on, on therapies and th those which we have 
used different uh, outcomes, different uh, assessment of, uh, efficiency, of efficacy of therapy. Yeah. We have we have diagnostic pr procedures, we have tests which must be improved, adapted for this for this therapy. That's what we partly working on at the, at the very moment. Yeah, that's a very interesting point because, of course, we can only treat well uh, where we diagnose well, and we can only optimize treatment where we understand the benefit that the current treatment has to assess the disease activity, the impact and the control. Uh, but let's start with what do we do when someone suspects that they have this? You know, patients come to our office, they come to our centers and they say, um, I have this very annoying condition, wheels, super itchy. Um, this leads us to suspect uh, chronic inducible urticaria when patients say that they can make their wheels come. Um, what's the next step though? Um, how do we go to confirm that this is Sindhu and how do we then confirm what Sindhu it is? Maybe you can give us some insights on the steps to the correct diagnosis. Yes, uh, by that's um, it's, it's a very important point. So we should um, confirm the, the diagnosis of uh, symptomatic dermographism by physical testing. That's the case for an inducible urticaria. And of course, we should, uh, that is possible that more types of uh, inducible urticaria coexist. So we should test any trigger uh, which uh, which we suspect uh, it's to for that for confirming the diagnosis uh, it's very easily to use uh, uh, um, smooth blunt object like a wooden spatula or even uh, closed uh, bolton by scratching writing on the skin and within uh, 10 minutes uh, in patients with symptomatic dermographism at this uh, area appears wheels Mm -hmm. linear wheels uh, uh, surrounded by uh, reflex erythema and by itching. So, uh, so this is very easy actually, no? We, we, all we need to do is reproduce what patients uh, observe, uh, scratch the skin. Now, um, a true urticariologist never leaves the house without a dermographometer and you yourself have been involved in the development of dermographometers. Can you tell us a little bit about what a dermographometer is and uh, what different variants are available and where the development is going these days. Yes, that's, that's a very important point because uh, we, that's easy to, to confirm the diagnosis, to make the diagnosis, to confirm um, this uh, trigger, but it's more difficult to determine a, a threshold uh, of this disease, activity of this disease, response to the therapy by uh, determining the, uh, the threshold. Um, uh, for this purpose, there are different uh, concepts uh, um, existing. Uh, there is a dermographometer, uh, which uh, with adjustable adjustable pressure. Mm -hmm. There is a freak test with uh, four different um, pin lengths, which you developed uh, and which is a very uh, which is quite widely used. A simple simple tool. Uh, enabling to differentiate um, different uh, threshold. Uh, we plan, we try, we do our best to develop more precise uh, tools to divide uh, shear forces for the pressure to better, uh, to even better 
um, characterize the, uh, the the response threshold, and that's of uh, extremely importance because this is the the way how we can a little bit differentiate the severe form from less severe form. Yeah. We can also confirm therapy response by this means. Yeah, very interesting and very important. I agree with you. You know, scratching the skin with different strength allows you to distinguish between patients where the skin really needs to be scratched hard in order to show a wheel, and this is mild disease, uh, from those patients where even a little bit of scratching already results in massive wheeling. This is the objective way to determine disease activity in symptomatic demographism. But there's also, of course, the patient perspective of things. And I wonder how much these threshold tests reflect um, what patients see in their daily lives as disease activity, impact, and control. In chronic spontaneous urticaria, we have the uh, urticaria activity score to measure disease activity. Is there something similar um, in development or already prototype testing for symptomatic demographism? This is important to measure this, to assess it from patient's perspective, because the objective response of the skin um, is, does not mean immediately that the patients with the same level of, of skin response uh, have the same disease burden. It depends a lot of their lifestyle, uh, on their um, uh, how much they are suffer. And um, for this purpose, we have in a chronic spontaneous urticaria, uh, urticaria activity score, but this can be cannot be used uh, one to one to, uh, in patients with uh, inducible urticaria with symptomatic dermographies because of, uh, for example, avoidance mechanisms. So patients uh, who avoid triggers are, uh, may be may suffer a lot through avoiding through through mm -hmm. they are very limited in their every life and they may not have. Uh, uh, because of avoiding of the triggers, they may not uh, get a lot of wheels mm. uh, within, during their life, but they still uh, suffer a lot um, by avoiding uh, mechanism. Uh, so we need definitely uh, outcomes which can take into account um, these this factors, and that's what we what we are right now working on. Uh, we have to, we developed this uh, together this uh, the first version of this in instrument symptomatic dermographism activity score uh, we plan a validation step at this very moment uh, in many patients to, to to determine the most important items in this questionnaire to get at the, at the end a very short uh, questionnaire with five four maybe six uh, questions which could uh, help uh, physicians in everyday practice worldwide to determine disease activity very quickly. That's great, Tomasz. And it, it is much needed. Uh, and it is as interesting as it is important. I think our conversation today also shows that there are many unanswered questions, many unmet needs in this disease. So my last question to you, with all of these questions on the table. Which one, from your point of view, is the most important question to address in symptomatic demographism? If you had to choose only one of these many questions, which one is the one? Yes, yeah, so we need, we need definitely uh, 
better uh, therapies for these patients. But to get this uh, therapy, to obtain these therapies, to find out these therapies, we need to understand pathogenesis of this disease. And that's the, that's the, at the very moment, that's the most important question we should ask and we should uh, answer. Thank you very much, Tomasz. I agree with you and I wish you the best of luck and success in your efforts uh, to better define and characterize these underlying mechanisms together with your colleagues in the UCARE network. Um, truly, patients with symptomatic demographism need better treatment and ultimately a cure for their disease. And this can only happen if you and others help to unravel this disease, help to better understand it and discover what drives it, what makes it come so that we can learn how to make it go away. Tomasz, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Marcus, for this fascinating discussion. Thank you to our listeners for being with us for yet another episode of All Things Urticaria. If you have questions to us, to the network, that you would like us to discuss in one of the upcoming episodes, please do let us know, reach out to us. And for now, I will say goodbye and good luck with your urticaria and good luck with your treatment of urticaria patients. Wherever you are, stay healthy and join us soon for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. Goodbye. Bye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.